0: Morning. Hey, hope y'all are doing well online. Good to have you with us. Overflow Coffee Shop up top. I see y'all. Hope you're ready for a great service today. Really quickly before we hop in, just want to say uh, hey, congratulations to Pastor Ryan and Hannah. They just had their second child, Jordan Beck, born healthy on Tuesday. So if you hadn't seen pictures of online, we'll let him share. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. And before we dive into the service today, I want to tell you about something we do in the month of September. Uh, always the second Sunday of September, we kick off uh, what's called Kickoff Sunday. And it's a ton of fun. If you're watching online, we encourage people to wear their favorite sports jerseys, their teams. Um, so if you got like a chess team that you're like amped about or like soccer or whatever, hey, you wear your jerseys, lots of Alabama and Auburn and other SEC people, fans. Uh, so hey, wear your jerseys. It's a ton of fun, but we always kick off a new series on that day as well, and I believe the series that we're going to kick off that Sunday could seriously be powerful for our area. In Etowah County, we have one church for every 400 people, but 7 out of 10 people don't go to church anywhere. We're talking about 70 thousand people not connected at all. And this series really stems from conversations we've had with so many of you. Uh, there are a lot of you that maybe you had a bad experience in church. Um, you had some church hurt and that's why you stopped going. It was the way maybe you were raised or something happened to you. Or you, uh, you didn't like what happened. Maybe you just thought church wasn't for you. And um, now you're here, and this series is going to be called Church Sucks, but it doesn't have to. And I'm going to need your help to pull this thing off. Uh, I believe with so many of you, sharing your story is powerful And so we're gonna encourage you to share your stories in the next couple weeks. We're gonna have some things that I'm gonna need that I'm gonna utilize in this series uh, for your help. And so I'm praying for that series. And so I'm asking you as well, get ready for it. I think this is an opportunity for you to invite people who would never go to church, this might be the very first time they step through the doors. Hey, we're continuing a series called This Is What We Do. And we're talking about the one thing, if you're here and you, Cornerstone is your home, uh, we're talking about the one thing for followers of Jesus that unlocks a part of your spiritual life that nothing else Can do. So I'll just be straight up front today. It makes a lot of Americans uneasy. It could also, maybe, depending on how you grew up in church, give you PTSD. It's this idea of finances. All right, so I'm going to just say it up front. And I also want to give you the mentality to say this is not coming from a point of manipulation. This is not coming from a place of a pastor trying to make you some type of way. This is coming from a place of something that I've experienced personally, and I want you to experience this as well. It's a value here, a cornerstone, this idea of generosity. And God knew it was going to be a difficult subject to talk about. That's why there are over 2,300 verses in the Bible that talk specifically about finances, because it's the number one competitor for our heart. We showed this graphic last week that there's this scarcity and abundance cycles. Most of us stay in scarcity where we consume. We spend more than what we consume, which means we never have enough and we're constantly fearing, are we gonna be able to make it? And abundance is we give, which is backwards, and then God multiplies what it gives and at the same time, then our faith grows. And what I want to help us do today is remove the fear aspect when it comes to our finances so we can have more than enough so we got to kind of squash one of the lies off the, right off the bat the scarcity cycle starts in your mind not in the wallet a lot of times we feel like if we just got more money if we got paid more if we got the raise if we got a promotion whatever then we will have enough and that's not where scarcity cycle starts with it starts actually in your mind because what you think about matters. Romans 12 says we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. We've got to change the way that we think when it comes to finances. Proverbs 23 7 says, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, the heart reveals everything about us. What is in your heart eventually comes out and who that person is that's the real you. And so the same thing is true with your finances. Who you are is revealed by what comes out of your heart. In Mark chapter 6, there's a really cool story of Jesus, and he feeds about fifteen to 20,000 people. Now, we know that because um, when you read in scriptures uh, back in the day, they only used to count... Men, how messed up is that? All well, they only counted. But so women and children were not counted. So when you add that all in, you're talking 15 to 20,000 people show up. So we'll be in Mark 6, starting in verse 34, I'll be on the screens for you. It says this, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped out from the boat. And he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So Jesus was literally, uh, this was at a point in his life, in his ministry where no matter where Jesus went, thousands and thousands of people would show up. It's a lot like Taylor Swift. No matter where she goes, there's constantly going to be lots of people there. She could literally do a show in the middle of a cornfield in Kansas. The thing would be packed out, all right? It doesn't matter what she does. This is the same thing kind of with Jesus. It didn't matter where he went. Thousands and thousands of people showed up. And so Jesus sees all of these people. He has compassion on them. And then it said, he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came and said to him, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. So Jesus is just like, Teaching and teaching and teaching. Now, one thing I'd like to point out is like Jesus was obviously like long-winded, all right? Like he could speak for hours on end. You get 30 minutes, all right? So like that's, that's pretty good. I'm just saying like just pointing out like it's sort of, I also probably could not keep your attention for like hours on end. That just shows how an amazing communicator Jesus was. The disciples show up, they're like, yo, we're getting hungry. We need to send these people off. So we're trying to eat and we can't feed all these people. So you need to send them away because they're literally in the middle of nowhere. There wasn't a McDonald's. There wasn't even a convenience store. They could go in and like buy like a Snickers bar, right? So he's like, you need to send these people away because it's getting late. And I can see the look on people's faces, Jesus. They're getting hungry, right? So we're getting hungry. Do something about it. And listen to what Jesus says in verse 37. You feed them. With what? They asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money just to buy food for all of these people. Jesus, you got to send these people home. They're getting hungry. It's time to eat. We need to eat. I don't know how we're going to do these. Like, well, you feed them. Like, okay. You want us? Jesus, we could work. All 12, all of us could work for months and it's still not enough food to feed them for right now. You got to send them on their way. And then verse 38, it says, how much bread do you have? He asked, go and find out. And they came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. So, here you have this strategy. You need to imagine this for a second. Jesus is literally teaching tens of thousands of people. Disciples are interrupting them like, uh, Jesus, sir, Jesus, you got to send these people home. I mean, we're hungry. It's time to eat. They're trying to eat. We can't feed anybody. And Jesus says, well, you feed them how are we supposed to feed these people? I just told you, we are hungry. We don't have anything to eat. These people need to go on and you want us to feed all of them and Jesus will just go find. What do we have? How much food do we have? Go find it. I'm like, uh, we're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Can you imagine that? So like now the disciples have to go through the crowd and try to figure out who's got something to eat. And you know, like if you're in the crowd, and you got food, you're like, I ain't oh, got nothing, right? Like, you're just, like, trying to, like, nibble on stuff. Like, you're just trying to eat your cracker that you brought for yourself, right? Like, you're not sharing that. Can you imagine, like, just think, we know in Scripture that the five loaves and two fish came from a little boy. We know that because in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, this story's in the Scripture, which means this is, like, one of the highlights of Jesus's ministry. This was a big deal, can you imagine just for a second this is mere complete speculation but I just like go with me here for a second. Imagine in the morning this family wakes up and this little kids like, "Mama, what are we going to do today?" "We're going to go see Jesus." That's amazing. And so she packs his lunch. What do we got? Bloop bloop bloop. She puts the lunchables together, right? Got the bread, got the fish, gives it to little Timmy, right? And it's like, "All right, we're going to go and when you get hungry, baby, you just eat your food." So here, he's getting hungry. He pulls out his sack lunch, and then just then the disciples blow up and go, give that to me, little kid, right? Like, they straight up take his Lunchables, because we know in scriptures that, like, the disciples were not known for being polite. They weren't known for being kind, like, hey, kid, Jesus is hungry. We taking that. Could you imagine that little kid just like, 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 what's the situation? The mom probably caused the scene. She probably got escorted out. Like, you're not gonna be allowed back in the room now. Like, you gotta go, right? We're taking this and you gotta move. I don't know what happened. All I'm saying is they show back up and I almost wonder like if the disciples were using it to spite Jesus, right? Like, hey, Jesus, check this out. We got a Lunchables. <laughs> it was like just five little loaves of bread and two fish. What are you about to do with all of that? And I think if we're not careful, you and I have the same mentality as these disciples have. It's just never enough. You ever feel like that? Like you just, you never have enough. It's like golly, like I have so many bills. Like you're talking about all the bills that you have, you know, the upcoming expenses that you have. Back to school just happened, right? So you're buying new clothes and all the supplies they need. And it's like, they need new shoes. They need a new backpack. They need this, they need that. And you're like, man, I'm having to spend all this money on this. And you just constantly talk about never having enough. When are we going to finally be okay? When are we going to have enough? And if you're not careful, that mindset becomes a part of who you are and you constantly live in this world of never having enough. I know from experience, that has been my mentality for a long time, like we're never have enough. When are we finally going to have enough? And it was a constant struggle. Jesus sees things from a completely different perspective. He looks at life through the lens of abundance here are these disciples, I can almost just imagine, like, take this to Jesus. Like, show them. Like, show them. And so Peter's like, hey, Jesus, five loaves and two fish. Have fun splitting that up for everybody, right? That's when communion was invented. like, all right, everyone take a little piece, right? Like, here it is. Like, what are you going to do with all of these people here? Because there are going to be some mad folks because there is not enough for anybody else. But we know that Jesus prays. He begins to pass out and, uh, all the food. And it says that fifteen to 20,000 people ate until they were full. And then when you read scripture, it says that there were 12 baskets of food left over. 12 baskets. Amen. Glencoe, anybody? 12 baskets. Anyone, like, ever been there? Are you with me this morning? Like, come on, that was pretty good. You obviously never been. Jesus literally becomes a Sara Lee factory right there. Bam, bam, bam. And produces all this stuff. Crazy. So it kind of gives us two questions. Scarcity, that mindset, asks the question, what can I afford? Don't you say it all the time? Like, hey, what can I afford? What can we afford to do? What can we afford? Abundance says, what do I have? What do I have? It's totally different because a lot of us think, like, if I just had more, then I can be more generous. Like, if I got paid more, then I can be generous. But we know that's not true. The more that you have, the more you tend to. To hold on to you if you're not generous now. So I want to just show this to you. Maybe you haven't seen one of these in a while. George. George Washington, have you seen him before? Like, yeah, George, a dollar. This is just one dollar. Insignificant, this dollar. Like most fast food restaurants don't even have a dollar menu anymore. I said, it's like, you can't even buy anything for a dollar. It used to be like, you could get so much for a dollar. Now, most places don't even have a dollar menu. But this dollar is not just any ordinary dollar. This is a very special dollar to me. I like, honestly, like, I love this dollar right here. And you're like, pastor, you know, the Bible says you're not supposed to love money. Like, the love money is the root of all evil. But let me tell you something about this dollar right here. This dollar came in this card right here that my daughter Magnolia made for me on Father's Day. She's six years old. That's why she's my favorite, all right? (laughs) My favorite daughter, she's my favorite daughter, right? And she wrote on happy Father's Day. And on Father's Day this year, she hands me this card and I open it up and there's a dollar in it. Now to my daughter, a dollar is a significant amount of money. I mean, this is a whole dollar. Pretty sure she got this for losing a tooth, and she gave this dollar to me. And I said, oh, "I said, oh baby girl, you don't have to give me this dollar." And I and I tried to give her dollar back. I said, "Baby, I don't need that." And she said, "No, no, no, daddy, I want you to have it." She wanted me to have this dollar. She would rather give it to me because of how much she loves me than to hold on to this dollar that really, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't mean anything. And I think back, why is that? It's because my daughter has all that she needs. She lives in a world of abundance. She has the love of both of her parents. She has all the food she could want. She has all the snacks she could have. She uh, has all the clothing that she needs. She lives on nine acres where she has a bunny. She's got chickens. She's got dogs and cats. And I slowly like have become an Asian farmer. Why? Because my daughter wants these things, right? She's got all this stuff. She's got bluey right? She's got everything she could possibly want or need. And so for her, she takes this significant sum of money and says, you know what? I don't need to hold on to it. I want to give it to someone I love more. And I want to give it to my dad. What if we looked at our finances the same way? Like this amount of money, we look at it and you can change the amounts. What if we looked at our money and said, you know what? It's not just about what I have. It's like, this, I just want to give it to God because that's what matters more. God takes our little and He turns it into leftovers. I love what John ten ten says. Jesus said this way: The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came so that they may have life and have it abundantly, abundance. I want you to experience a life of abundance. And that's different. Most people won't experience that. Why? Because your heart and your wallet keep you from experiencing abundance. And I want you to live with more than enough. So we'll look at two quick thoughts this morning. Hey, if you want to live with more than enough, if you want to live with abundance, first off, understand that God multiplies what is blessed. God will multiply what is blessed. Let's go back to that story starting in verse 40. It says, so... They sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Can you imagine, like literally thousands of groups, hundreds and fifties here and there. They literally have just two pieces of fish, five little loaves of bread. And it says in verse 41, and Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and he looked up toward heaven and he blessed them. You see, God did not multiply until after Jesus prayed and blessed over all of that. And can you imagine, like, I would have loved to seen what that moment looked like when Jesus began praying over this and then began to pass that out. See, when you openly give to God, he blesses. Now, I'm talking now right here to those who have a relationship with Jesus. This is this idea of tithing. Ten percent giving back to God. And I know, I get it. It's crazy. It doesn't make sense. We read this verse last week. I want to focus at it from a different angle. Malachi 3.10. Here the prophet Malachi says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. See if I won't throw open the floodgates. We'll focus on that word floodgates. Of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. That word floodgate is really important because when you study that word floodgate, it's only used four times in the Bible, including right there. Once in Isaiah and twice in the book of Genesis. Now, if you know anything about Genesis, there's this little thing called the worldwide flood, Noah's flood. Literally, that's where the concept of water world came from. All right, like there's literally the whole world was covered in a flood. And so when Malachi uses the word floodgate, his audience understood exactly what he was talking about. In other words, he's saying it is completely covering the entire world. There was not one bit of dry ground in the entire planet. What Malachi is saying is it's like there's an invisible dam holding back the blessings that God has for you. And when you honor him, it says, when you test him in this one area of your finances, it says that God's blessings will be like a floodgate on your life and it will cover all areas of you. It's abundance. And he's saying it's not your 401k. It's not about the stock market. It's all about your mindset. I mean, this is more than just money. Sometimes we think like, you know, this is like abundance is money. No, no, no. I want to experience all of God's blessings. I want the abundance of all of it. I don't know about you if you're like, man, it would be cool if God like threw me a bone every once in a while. I don't want a bone. I want the whole thing. I want all of God's blessings. If God says like, hey, here's the Hoover Dam and your blessings are right here and I will break this open when you test me, I'm like, I want all of that. Every last drop of water, I want it all. I mean, that's just me. I don't know how you are, that's just me. And when you honor God in this area of giving, what literally happens is God's like, hey, I've got some blessings that I wanna give to you, but you can't experience it until you put me first in all areas of your life. Let me share with you some like very practical things that happened to me personally recently. This is abundance. I needed to get a new laptop. The problem is the one that I want is $2,000. All right? I don't have $2,000 to buy a new laptop. This is the one I know I've been wanting. I've been waiting So I'm not going to get into all the details of how this shook down. If you want to know, shoot me a message. I'll like lay out for you. It's pretty wild. But this $2,000 laptop, I'm giving brand new for $800. $1,200 of provision has been covered for me to get the exact same thing. I got it for $800. You see, like I'm still having to buy it. I'm not getting it for free, but I'm not having to pay for $1,200 of something, of something that I like. Know I need to get this thing. Bam, covered. That's abundance. A couple of months ago, um, this will really go against uh, stereotypes of like Asian drivers as well. Like I totaled my car a couple of months ago, uh, but it's okay. I'm okay. I'm here, right? I'm fine. Um, this is a crazy story, but I totaled my car. And for those who have like dealt with insurance, you understand how that can be. The check that I got for my car was for $300 less than what I paid for it a couple of years ago. When does that ever happen? So that I then take that money and I go out and I buy a new car, paid in cash for it. I paid for a car that was worth more than what I paid for and was better than I could ever have. That's abundance, okay? That is like literally, that kind of stuff happens to me all the time, I'm having to buy things I don't do, but I'm just telling you, it's like, some people are like, man, that person just has good luck. It's not good luck, it is literally God's abundance. He's like, hey, you need this, boom, check this out. I'm about to do this for you. Oh, you need this, got it covered, don't worry. You keep honoring me and then I will handle everything else that you need, boom, covered, done. Just like that, that is the floodgates. And if you wanna experience that, then you gotta put God first. And a lot of people won't experience that because you won't put God first. Here's the second thought. God multiplies what is given away. He multiplies it. Let's read the last part of verse 41. It says, Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share and you're reading scriptures and it says, like, everyone ate until they were completely satisfied. Can you imagine? Like, I, I want to know how this miracle went down. Jesus prays. He starts just breaking up the bread. Like, boom, pass it out, pass it out. I mean, like, Jesus, like, literally just got into a zone there. Like, because he just started feeding. And then, you know, I don't know if they did, like, buffet style. But then, you know, like, there was some conversation. Oh, there he goes again, hitting that buffet line. That thing, that's his third time through. That's his third time through the line. Like, don't he know Jesus breaking that bread? There's that fish, he's going up to get more fish. Like, oh, he says he's hungry still, right? Like, you know, like they're put, people put in their pockets or whatever, like, you know, they were talking about people, but it says in scriptures that everyone ate until they were completely full. They were satisfied. And there were still 12 baskets left over. Like, I want to see that miracle take place. And literally, God, Jesus, right there, multiplies what was given. This little kid, could you imagine that little kid? His little gift was used over and over and over and over and over again to feed literally 15 to 20,000 people. God used a little boy, whether his food was taken or whether he gave it, God used that gift and multiplied it. That God multiplies. I love what Proverbs 11:24 says, give freely and become more wealthy. That doesn't even make sense, except... In God's economy. It's the only time it makes sense. Be stingy and lose everything. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. In other words, God uses us to bless other people. And when you open your hands to God, you take what we have and say, all right, God, I'm just going to give this to you. Scriptures tell us that the Lord gives and he takes away. He will give and he takes away. But if you hold on to your money and you just say, this is mine. And when I get more then I will, you'll find with closed hands, God cannot bless because you're going to hold on to all that you have. Jesus said this in Matthew 6. So don't worry about these things. Well, what are these things? Well, he kind of goes on. What we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Those things used to dominate my thoughts. Man, God, what are we gonna? What am I gonna do? How am I gonna pay this bill? Where are we gonna get this? Where are we gonna get that? Lord, I don't know. And and literally, Jesus says, those are the types of thoughts of people that don't have a relationship with me. That's that's the thing that dominates their thoughts. Says, but your heavenly father already knows all of your needs. You know what's wild is like that thing you have coming up, he already knows. Hey, when you get that credit card statement in January because you overdid it for Christmas again, he already knows. That thing that you have with your house or your car or whatever, he already knows. That job, he already knows. He already knows. And it says, he knows all your needs. So then this verse gets taken out of context. But now that we understand what Jesus is talking about, listen to what it says. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. God first, which is why we talk about it all the time, Cornerstone. Our mission is to help you build your life on who? Jesus. He's the foundation. He's first. When we talk about marriages, we say God first. When it comes to your faith, God first. When it comes to your finances, God first. God above all else. He's got to be first and live righteously. And then listen what happens. This is a promise. And he will, he will give you everything you want you need. He gives you everything you need. And I can tell you, when you live in abundance, you always have everything you need. Now, there are times like, we, hey, it's been rough. Like, it was, it was tough. Like, but we always had everything we needed. So just when I say living in abundance, that doesn't mean like you never have issues ever again. What that means is God gives you more than what you need. Everything He takes care of all your needs. Things just work differently. It sets up differently. Uh, like for like, if you're young and you're just getting a job, I'm telling you, when you honor God in this area, it sets up your life differently. And I wish I would have honored God earlier. And uh, because what I experienced now in our life, and Aaron and I, the thing that we experience, that abundance, like you'll never go back. And when you really experience God's abundance, you'll never go back. Because why would you? Why would you want to? That's what happens when we live in abundance with more than enough. We take what seems insignificant and we say, you know what? I love God more than like these things. And we see that God will bless us in ways that can only happen when we test him. So I said this last week uh, And I wanna challenge you again this week. And I told everyone last week, like, hey, I I will contact you. And I'm sorry I wasn't able to do that. I was out busy being an Asian par bunion, right? Like, well, anyone catch that par? All right, that's dumb joke. Uh, I had to cut a bunch of trees down last week, all right? On our house. So I'm gonna contact you this week, but I wanna do what's called a 90 day giving challenge. I wanna help for those of you who call Cornerstone home, you have a relationship with Jesus. I want to help you in this one area. And so it's 90-day giving challenge. It'll go like this. If you're here, uh, I'm going to challenge you. If you don't give anything, just give something. Just give something. Maybe to you, you're like, hey, a dollar is insignificant. Hey, give something. So some of you here, I'm going to challenge you. Just give a percentage. Figure it out. 2%, 3%, what it, what, figure that out. Maybe some of you give a percentage. Just bump it up 1%. But then for those that are going to be like, you're just going to go full in and say, I'm going to trust God. I want you to take a connection card, write your name on it. Just write giving challenge or 90 days or whatever. Don't write 90 day fiance. That's a different thing, right? 90 day giving challenge, whatever. Just write it on there. I'm going to send you a gift in the mail this week. And I want to be able to encourage you. I literally have saved like a document of just countless testimonies of people, person after person sharing with me their stories when they put God first, when they trusted him, I mean, it is just wild to read some of the things that God has done in their lives because they trusted God in this one area. So if you're gonna say, hey, I wanna give a tithe or maybe you're that 1%, like, hey, I wanna add 1% over. I wanna be able to encourage you in, as you take this step of faith. Now, I, I always say this as well. If you think this is like Cornerstone just wants our money, the pastor just wants our money. This has nothing to do with what we want from you. As a matter of fact, I would encourage you, like I say all the time, give your money somewhere else. You keep showing up here. You have kids on the kid's wing. I believe they're gonna grow in their relationship with God. They're gonna make friends. They're gonna have a great time. We got a stellar children's ministry. You keep showing up here. I think you're gonna grow in your faith. I think you're gonna uh, learn some things. I think it's gonna be powerful for you. And you continue to show up here, but you can give your money somewhere else. Because I believe that this principle applies no matter where you do it. Because God wants you to live with this mindset of abundance. And then after 90 days, you're like, you that was a joke. Like I did all this stuff. I honored God first. Like you felt like your heart was right. And you feel like God didn't do anything. You don't have to give. Just don't do it. Just stop. But maybe some of you take that step and say, I'm going to test God and see. Hey, if there's like this wall of blessings here that God's holding back because I'm not honoring him, I want to see what that's all about. Hey, then I would challenge you to take this step of faith and find out what it means to have.